It's Run the Damn Ball Podcast Christmas Edition, bitches. We got a big one. We're going to talk about bowl season and New Year's Six Bowls and give you some of our picks. I'm letting you know I am red hot right now on picks. We're going to fill your pockets so you can go to the strip club like my man Dwayne Haskins out there throwing some ones, Matt. Dude, he must have been going there all season long for getting benched the way he did. Now the truth comes out. The guy lost his captain uh, tag off of his jersey. The dude is done. He's getting his way shipped out. I Hopefully he got some good wings at those strip clubs uh, and made his time worthwhile. Hell yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like I said, New Year's Six Bowls. Talk a little NFL. I mean, we got to talk about the Steelers, right, man? I mean, what the hell's going on there? And we're going to talk about – some of our picks for the bowl season. Lego. All right, here we go. Time to talk about the New Year's six bowls. Let's start, Matt. Do you have any problem with the four who got in? Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, as I think about it more, I think Texas A&M should have got in there. But – I also, like you said, alluded to who would you knocked out, and you were talking. You did make a good point where you win your you win your conference uh, championship, you should be in. So we're going by that. That's old school. That's how it's been. Okay, we put the Buckeyes in because of that way. I don't think that they are uh, necessarily one of the best four teams, but you made a good point. So we'll leave them in there. Notre Dame, man, they got crushed, right? So you would like to see Texas A&M. So I'm going to say F it. Notre Dame should be out and Texas A&M should be in. Yeah, it's like those two teams are like the, I don't know. So I think Cincinnati has a gripe, three wins over uh, top 25 teams at the time. At, at they were top 25. I don't know. Either way, I, think you'd, I don't think they wanted to see Texas A&M, Alabama again. That would have been the one for Matchup. So here we go. We're going to talk. We're going to start with the Cotton Bowl. Florida versus Oklahoma. Florida's minus three over under at 71 and a half. Matt, first thoughts. Lot of offense. Straight points, right? Those are my first thoughts. Oklahoma averaging 41.8 points per game. It ranks ninth in the league. And Florida is averaging 41.6, obviously a mirror of Oklahoma, and they rank 11th. I think instant points – and two pretty bad defenses. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> bad defenses. I mean, Florida virtually, I mean, their defense gives up 28.6 points per game. But in the last two, it's 40 points per game versus LSU and Alabama. I mean, but you, we give them a pass for last week. Everybody gets ripped up versus Bama. Kyle Trask, 43 touchdowns. Spencer Rattler playing a lot better since the start of the season. A little rough, leading Oklahoma's offense to number one in the Big 12 with 475.8 yards per game. It's going to be a shootout for sure, Matt. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good game. The The big question is the opt-outs, right? I know uh, we got Pitts opting out, and I think um, Dan Mullen said a few guys might opt out. He said he's looking at one to two guys. Um, they're thinking Tony could be one of them. Let's hope not. He said Trask will probably play. Wants them to go home for Christmas break, talk it over with their parents uh, and some agents. But to allude to what you said, yeah, Spencer Rattler is a beast. Since that benching at Texas, I remember we were talking about that. The guy is 12 touchdowns of two INTs. So he's really 
eliminated those turnovers. I know those first three to four games he was throwing three touch, three interceptions a game. After that benching, 12 touchdowns, two picks with a 6-0 and record and a Big 12 championship. I'm going to keep preaching. They are on the uptrend. Spencer Rattler is getting better every single week. This team is getting better. I think they want to be here. And obviously, I think Florida is the bum team with a bunch of opt-outs. I think Oklahoma is going to take this win with confidence and take it in the next week. Obviously, they're a huge recruiting team. This is going to be another piece to add to their belt. I think they're on the upward trend, and I think they get the W. Yeah, their defense playing a lot better. Held five out of the last six opponents to 21 points or fewer. Obviously, Florida's going to get theirs because Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen is a good offensive coach. And Trask, like I said, 43 touchdowns. Probably the best quarterback on the field this year because they virtually have no running game. Their leading rusher is 443 yards per game. Um, yard, total yards this season. So he's just dropping back and throwing around the yard every single game. I agree. Sooners win. Peach Bowl time, baby. Here we go. Georgia versus the Cincinnati Bearcats. Georgia minus seven. The over-under is 50 and a half in this one. Matt, can Cincinnati hang with the Bulldogs? I think they can. Uh, you know I love Georgia, one of my uh, favorite teams here. Big thing is, and this is the theme for all these games, is the opt-outs. Georgia's secondary, entire secondary has opted out. Um, I know their center has opted out and guard um, going to the NFL draft. I don't think it hurts as much on offense. And then the thing you can argue is they're still going to be great. Um, and they still going to have those talented recruits. You know, they're getting time. The, the thing is, if this was like a week after, they have an extensive period of time to practice, get those guys acclimated. I don't think it's going to be the same. But with that spread, whether it's around six and a half, seven, I think that is going to give Cincinnati a a shot uh, to knock off the Bulldogs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's different this year because Georgia usually loses the SEC title game then gets shipped to New Year's Six Bowl that they don't want to play in because they think they should be in the playoff. But different this year. They have a lot to prove. JT Daniels under – Center, it's going to be going two good quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, is a stud. 2,699 total yards and 29 total touchdowns. Not a lot of America has seen Ritter, but you'll see him on the big stage. Man, Cincinnati's defense is tough. Six in scoring defense, allowing only 16 points per game. They do play in the American that has a few good teams, Tulsa, Tulane. But uh, this is a different animal, Matt. Oh, yeah, it's a different animal. Um, we'll see that defense, Cincinnati defense tested. Obviously, you know, Georgia's a great defense. Um, but the key thing is here, it's crazy. Georgia throughout the season is averaging 33 points a game, ranked 35th in college football. With JT Daniels the last three games, I know we talked about this, they are averaging 41.6 points per game. That puts them in the top 10 offenses. I know that their last three games included Mizzou, South Carolina, not the best schedule, but that is definitely something that's promising. I mean, they're right up there top offense. I want to see JT Daniels under this Cincinnati defense. If he can operate, I know he wants to move into the season. There were talks of him possibly going to the NFL draft, but he just doesn't have enough games, I don't think, underneath his belt. 
Um, I know he played at USC for a year, but I think that he's going to have to prove that he can be big time on a big stage, and this is a perfect opportunity to set the scene for next year. Yeah, if Cincinnati wants respect and the group of five wants respect, they have to uh, have to show up and earn it in this one. I mean, Georgia's run defense leads the FBS, only allowing 69.3 yards per game on the ground. This is going to be an ugly one. I think it's going to go – I think it's going to be ugly, but I do think there's going to be point score because I think Georgia can score, and I think Ritter's good enough to hang some points up there. I think, I think Cincinnati wins, Matt. What do you think? Oh, man, I think Cincinnati will cover. I think Georgia – I think Georgia squeaks this one away. A lot of a lot of issues on that defense, but I think this offense – if they can get into a little shoot, I think Georgia got them. But I think Cincinnati will cover. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Going to be tight. So, next, we will go to the Rose Bowl. Well, was the Rose Bowl. Now it's part of the college football playoff. It's at Jerry's World. Alabama versus Notre Dame, Matt. First thoughts when you saw the matchup? Uh, back to the one year when they played the national title. When they had Manti Teo and Alabama shredded them, I think, 38-3. to um, I think Alabama has a much better offense um, nowadays. But the thing is, I think Alabama's offense is right there with Clemson. And I think Clemson's defense is a little bit better. Uh, I know Clemson was on the revenge tour. But I think Alabama's also on a revenge tour. You know, I mean, they're just pissed off. Last year, they didn't ex- they didn't exceed their expectations. Um, but yeah, this Alabama offense is nasty, and, and we know it. And an upgraded PFF grade is something that I value. Uh, Mac Jones now updated after last week's performance against Florida for the season is now ninety five point three. Uh, which is now above Joe Burrow, who was 94.9 last year to finish the season. So it'll be interesting to see this one, uh, these next two games. I think Mac Jones only trends up. Um, and Devontae Smith has the highest PFF grade uh, at receiver since 2014 at 94.3. He's over likes of Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett. So Najee Harris is also another guy I know that the big thing was who's up for the Heisman. Um, Devontae Smith or Najee Harris, but this is an Alabama group, very talented, might get Jalen Waddle back. Um, Notre Dame, I think they just play too safe. I think Ian Book plays too safe. He doesn't really turn the ball over, um, two interceptions. He gets some good runs, nothing too crazy. I just don't think that they have enough firepower. I think Alabama is going to steamroll Notre Dame by at least three scores. Yeah, this is um interesting matchup here. I think Devontae Smith, pound for pound, is the best player in the country. He's so good, un- unguardable. He's a stud. Bama ranks second FBS with 49.7 points per game. Najee Harris, 27 total touchdowns. But here's the thing. Alabama's defense can be had a little bit. 351.2 yards per game they allow. I mean, Florida put up numbers last week, but nobody really has – nobody must have the firepower that Florida does, so – it's going to be tough. Notre Dame's nasty up front, though. Four starters on the PFF AC All-American team. Aaron Brooks, the left guard, the best of the bunch. He made the All-American team full for the entire uh, country. They're nasty up front, but so is Bama's D-line. Bama's defense does worry me a little bit because uh, Notre Dame has big re- big receivers in Skronik and Williams. So it's going to be – I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. 
I don't trust Ian Book, though. Brian Kelly's a douche, man. How about what he said? Oh, we might not go to the playoff if the, our fans can't if our fans can't come to the game. He set it up last week because he knew he was going to get his dick kicked in by Dabo and them. Yeah, ungrateful son of a bitch. Uh, just set it up. I mean, he's a typical jack off. I, I hate him. You hate him. I mean, yeah, he was just covering himself. He knew he was going to get embarrassed and uh, saying that he would that he would think about. Yeah, right. I mean, this is this guy's career, his lifestyle. I mean, he is brought at Notre Dame to win these type of games and go to the championship. And it's going to be something he lets his team down again because Notre Dame just doesn't have enough firepower. I mean, the crazy thing is Alabama is averaging 543.9 yards per game with 49.7 points, which is second in all of college football. So that offense is just too powerful. Mac Jones is a beast. Um, Notre Dame's in for a long one. Yeah, Bama's going to win, but I think it's closer than a lot of people think. Next uh, semifinal is going to be the Sugar Bowl. Clemson versus Ohio State. Clemson minus seven, over under 65 and a half. Matt, rematch from last year. Yeah, and that I think is honestly the best thing, the high best highlighted thing, because you know it could be Clemson, Alabama again. Um, you know, with pretty much a format that we've seen the whole year with Notre Dame in there. Uh, these teams have been ranked in the top four the whole entire year. So something that's at least fun um, is a rematch for these two teams, I think, since it was such a great game last year. Um, however, I do think it's going to be a little bit different this year. Um, I think Clemson is just what is just so much better than Ohio State. Um, listen, I counted every throw. I, I went back and watched every throw Justin Fields had in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, he was 12 of 27. Out of those 12 completions, he only threw the ball um, over 10 yards three times in that game. Three uh, three of his completions. Sorry, he threw the ball more than that. But his three of his 12 completions were over 10 yards. All of those underneath, he had eight for five yards. And I think um, he had like four for in that seven to eight range. So they're going to have to stretch the ball. The thing that's suspect is it's, it's hard to grade Justin Fields right now because of their O-line, their pass, their passing attack. Obviously, they ran the ball with Sermon. Dude had a great performance. But that passing attack is really suspect. Like I said, he uh, Justin Fields sacked again three times. So he's been sacked every game uh, at, at least two times, ten sacks in the last three games. I mean, the guy is running for his life. I don't think they have the weapons on the outside, and I think Clemson is just coming after him full speed ahead, ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, Fields didn't look good versus Northwestern, obviously. They struggled for sure. Sermon obviously broke the Big Ten rushing record. But, yeah, they had a couple guys out. Alave receiver was out. Uh, starting middle linebackers, the leading tackler, Baring was out. Two dudes up front. I mean, here's the thing. Fields played well versus Clemson last year, except for that last pick at the end of the game, but tons of talent in this game. Amari Rogers for Clemson, Olave and Wilson, like I said, for Ohio State. Big play running back, Travis Etienne and Trey Sermon and Master T for Ohio State. Ryan Day said it. He said that he would take his guys over everyone. Obviously, I mean, what the fuck? Everyone's making a big deal of it. What's he going to say? I would take Florida Atlantic over my guys. No. that My thing is the Ohio State secondary does worry me. Lawrence can shred them, which he, he shreds everybody, but 
that worries me a little bit. I uh, I want to I don't know. Dabo's a douche too. All those ACC coaches are douches, man. But anyway, I think Clemson. You know what? I'm going to Ohio State. Screw it. Ohio State's going to win the game. Justin Fields is going to bounce back. Has to play better for his draft stock. This is the main stage right here versus QB one. Lawrence is slam dunk quarterback one. Obviously, he looks like a girl though. Looks like a Bella Danger to porn star, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you went with Ohio State there. I think yeah, I think Fields is definitely sliding. Um, he needs this game bad. He could definitely move back up if he performs here. I, I'm not big on him right now, but I do realize after watching the tape over again, really can't put a, the whole blame on him. I mean, there were some bad throws he made. I mean, some really bad throws. Um, but then he was under duress of the entire game. So they need to get that fixed. The big thing we'll be able to see, though, right, I mean, like you go back and forth. Is the ACC that good? Is the Big Ten that good? And I know we've gone back and forth. The uh, key key thing we'll, we'll see this week, right? I mean, we'll see in this game. Uh, Clemson averages 44.9 points a game, which ranks fourth in all football. Ohio State ranks seventh in all football, averaging 42.5. So we'll see if that 42.5 carries weight in the Big Ten, and we'll see if that 44.9 carries weight in the ACC. I think it will for the ACC. I think Clemson comes out here, and I think they smack them 35-17, maybe 35-24 late touchdown for Fields. But I think they cover, and, and that's definitely going to be one of my locks of full season, Clemson minus seven and a half. There you go. Next, the Fiesta Bowl, Iowa State. Cyclones versus the Oregon Ducks, Iowa State minus four and a half with the over under 57 and a half. Ducks snuck in this one with a big win in the Pac 12 championship game versus USC and Clay Helton. Matt, Oregon's defensive line pressured Keon Slovis 17 times in the Pac 12 championship. Yeah, that, that is crazy. They came out and they play like a team we haven't seen before, right? I mean, that was just. Something we didn't expect, I at least I didn't expect from Oregon. I know talking before the game with you, I mean, I don't think you came out and said Oregon's going to get the Slovis almost every play of the game, make him look like he's never played football before. And uh, the big thing was, right, they relied on their defense. My thing is, can they do that two weeks in a row? Um, not two weeks, two games. But the thing is, Clem or Oregon has the momentum, right? They can come out the same way. They were on the road. They were at USC, and they got that done. I think Purdy presents pretty much a similar uh, approach, right? I mean, the guy's not too mobile. He can sling it back there. He's been there. He has the experience. But uh, you saw the key mishap, I guess you could say, whether to call a timeout or not last week, and then he just throws up a ball. He had another down. Um, they had enough time where if, if the situation's not that great, take the time out. I know it doesn't look good, but don't throw the ball up like that when you have another down and plenty of time. I think this Oregon defense is fired up. I mean, your boy, big uh, Tyler Show, really didn't play well at all. 8 of 15, 91 yards, two TDs. That's what I called. I mean, I called that he would suck, and he really didn't deliver. I didn't say he was a splash player. And he wasn't. But somehow, that Oregon defense was so good in that game. Um, I'm going to say they do the same thing. I'm going to say they rattle Iowa State. Iowa State a little pissed that they didn't win that Big 12 championship. I think Oregon's got the juice. They've only played, what, six games? I think they're hungry, ready to go, and show the world that they can play ball. Yeah, I said on the last part, Oregon got healthy, finally. Kayvon Thibodeau. 
had 12 of those pressures alone up front. McKinley, Kyle Wright in the back end, Didi Lenore. Those they got healthy in it show because USC has some stud receivers and they kind of held him at bay. Like you said, Tyler Shuck wasn't great at all, but he never he hasn't been the last four weeks. Both quarterbacks were turnover prone. I mean, Brock Purdy's thrown nine picks this season. Shuck has thrown, let me see, five, but he also fumbled the ball four times. So similar turnover prone quarterbacks. The thing that worries me, Iowa State has a leading rusher in the country in Brees Hall, 1,400 yards, 19 touchdowns. Oregon allows 160 on the ground, which is not good, but they weren't healthy up front on defense and got some linebackers back. I, the Ducks look good. They're the youngest team in college football, so it's a big spot for them. Cristobal staying. I didn't think he would. He turned down Auburn, so uh, – We'll see, but I think the Ducks end up winning the game fast and physical on the defensive side of the football. Here we go. Orange Bowl, baby. Texas A&M Aggies versus the North Carolina Tar Heels. Texas A&M minus 6.5. High of Rundiger, 68.5. Matt, does Texas A&M want to be here, or, or are they all pissed off? Let's, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I think a little butt hurt, right? I think – you got to be butthurt, but then I don't know. What if you go out here and steamboat them and say, you know, we should have been in here? The thing is, though, I mean, North Carolina, I would have, I don't know, I would have loved to see them. I know they're like slotted, but I would have loved to see them against maybe a Florida or a Georgia. I know people want to want the rematch SECs. But um, no, the thing is, too, UNC has so much talent that they definitely underachieved this year. I know their defense didn't live up, but I mean, two 1,000 yard runners, well over 1,000 yards. Um, Carter had 1,200 yards, and Williams, Javante Williams, had 1,100 with 19 touchdowns. They got 28 touchdowns out of two of those guys. And then you have Sam Howe, who Heisman front earner starts the season, 27 TDs to just six picks. And then you got receivers all over the place. I mean, it just jumps right at you. I mean, Demai Brown, huge game, huge season. 55 catches, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, Newsom's been there for a little bit. He had five touchdowns. Javante Wilson can catch the ball. He had 305 yards. And this is a potent offense. They're going to have some opt-outs. Um, I think they can definitely move the ball on this Texas A&M team. But Kellen Mond doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, big Isaac Spiller. Isaiah, sorry, Isaiah Spiller has been tough, 986 yards, seven touchdowns. I think they lean, sorry, lean on Spiller. I think I think this coaching staff is going to have Texas A&M ready to go. I think they're going to just be a little bit more pissed off than North Carolina. Yeah, I liked um, UNC in this game until I saw the opt-outs. Leading wide receiver, Dimey Brown's out. Leading running back, Michael Carter's out. But like Matt said, they still have a ton of dudes on offense. Old ass Mac Brown can recruit his tail off. This is the reason that uh AM's paying Jimbo Fisher all this money is to win games like this. I mean, they were a blowout away. Lucky if they wouldn't have got blown out by Bama the first time, I think they would have snuck in. But AM has the best defense in the SEC, which is tough to do. I think they're all pissed off. I think they win, but I do think it's close. I think it goes over too. I think. Both teams are going to put some points up because North Carolina's defense is not great. Sam Howell's a stud. Matt, that's my pick next year when the season opens up. 
So he's, I'm going to put sprinkle a little cash on him for the Heisman when the season starts next year, Sam Howell. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bad pick. We'll have to see. You, we have not, there's not a more lopsided team than North Carolina. They are ranked sixth in offense. That's higher than Oklahoma and Florida. That's right on that Alabama Clemson level. They are ranked sixth, 43 points a game. Their points against on the defense is ranked 121st. How can you have the sixth best offense scoring and the one of the, the worst defenses giving up points? I mean, like you said, I think this is a no-brainer over 68 and a half. I mean, that is easy. Yeah, watch. The game will be like 12-6 at halftime. That's how it fucking works. <laughs> Here we go, baby. Everyone's favorite part of the pod, the pick segment where we get you some hot cash for Christmas time. I am 68 and 56 and one big week last week, 11 and four. I'm going to try to keep it rolling here, Matt. Yeah, man, you're red hot. And then we cleaned house again this week, early week with the bowl games getting started. Went 2-0 with the early bowl games, so feeling good with that. Um I am 52 and 55, right around that 500 spot. So I definitely want to get over the hump this weekend and then into the next. We're going to give some picks, all of our bull picks um, on this segment. I got some nice, juicy NFL ones this Sunday over the old Christmas weekend. So sit back and get ready for us to clean house this week. Yeah. Uh, you can always follow our picks on Run the Damn Ball podcast on Instagram where we pick. Daily picks of the day, newsletter, get you guys some cash. Here we go. I'm going to start here. My first pick is going to be on Christmas Day, the Buffalo Bulls minus three. UAB ran for 216 yards versus the Marshall last week. That's who Buffalo plays. So, Jared Patterson, that offensive line, Buffalo is going to roll down the thundering herd's throat. Buffalo minus three. There you go. I'm going to give you my first one. Day after Chrysler Day, Mary Chrysler, I got Louisiana Lafayette versus UTSA over. Uh, this one is in Texas, so I think UTSA has some chances to score some points here. Two crappy defenses. UTSA ranks 107th in the league, and the Raging Cajuns rank 77th points again. So I think that they can definitely get some points up. Lafayette scores at a high pace. They're ranked 29th in NCAA football, averaging 34 points a game. UTSA ranks 69th. Uh, they don't have the best quarterback play, but they can score in a multiple uh, different ways, averaging 28.6 points per game. So I think with those crappy defenses, I think the offenses, they can spread it out a little bit, definitely get in the end zone. Lafayette, I think, big Levi Lewis. Big-time game from that guy, 17 touchdowns to seven picks. I think he's got a QB rating of 140. I think he's going to turn up. I think they're going to lean on this running game, spread it out a little bit. Uh, they got some three different receivers that have um, sprinkle catches, 20-plus catches. Um, so I think this team is primed to score, and I think UTSA is going to match the intensity over 57. I like love the over. I'm going to take the over on the day after Christmas as well. In Coastal Carolina and Liberty, over 59 and a half. Both teams average over 37.5 points per game. 
quarterback Grayson McCall, Coast of Carolina, and quarterback Malik Willis of Liberty are both two big-time quarterbacks that stretch the field and throw it around. Points will flow in this one. Coastal Carolina has a lot to prove. They think they should be higher ranked than invited to the dance over 59 and a half. There you go, baby. That's the overs club. Here we go. Next one, I got Colorado plus nine and a half over Texas. Listen, I love Texas. I think they're a solid team. Sam Ellinger, leadership. I think they win, but you're giving Colorado nine and a half. Texas' entire team has opted out. Uh, Caden Kern, stud safety, I told you to look for preseason, is going to opt out and declare for the NFL draft. They have their secondary. Uh, listen, their secondary is without five players. So they're in trouble. I think Colorado can spread it out and win. I think Colorado can win. I don't know if they will necessarily. I think they're going to be right there. You give them nine and a half points, take that one to the bank, baby. I'm going to tail it, Matt. Same pick. Texas does not want to play in this game. Buffalo averaged 218.4 yards per game on the ground on the shoulders of Jarek Broussard. Colorado's 4-1. They're looking to play. They were supposed to play the Ducks last week. Ducks are moving up to the title game. Colorado's itching to play. I'll take the points with the Buffaloes. All right. Next one, I got Tulsa minus 2.5 over Mississippi State. I know Tulsa had a heartbreaking loss to Cincinnati, so you're going to say, are you sure they're going to want to be in there? Well, yeah, they're a mid-conference team. When they go to a bowl game like this, they're going to want to go there, win. It's a great recruiting piece. And I just can't get over the fact. Mississippi State is 20.7 points per game, is 116th in the league, and their defense sucks as well. They're ranked 109th. So that just lets you know that they are not a good football team. Tulsa ranks 48th in points against. So if Mississippi State is struggling to score, Tulsa has a great defense. They are not going to let Mississippi State get in the end zone. Yeah, Tulsa's offense isn't that great. I mean, this might be an ugly game, but I think Tulsa wins by at least two scores here and covers pretty easy. And just Mike Leach, I don't know what you're doing, pal, but Tulsa is going to take house on this one. Tulsa minus two and a half. Take that one to the bank. I'm going to go Oklahoma and Florida over 71 and a half. I don't care who opted out. doesn't matter. Trask and Rattler are still playing. That's all that matters. Florida's defense has given up 40 points per game in the past two games. Oklahoma's defense has figured it out, but I don't think they've seen talent like the Gators have over 71 and a half. Yeah, baby, I like that one. Uh, on to my next one. This is my lock of bull season, and I'm pumped about it. Clemson minus seven and a half over Ohio State. Lock this one in. I think it's just going to be a no-brainer. Like I said, I think it's going to be a 35-17 game, maybe 42-17, maybe 42-24. Ohio State gets the last touchdown. But either way, they're going to cover. I just think Trevor Lawrence is on that revenge tour. The dude is a beast. He's a clear Heisman favorite. He's a clear first-round pick, first overall pick. And this guy wants to play football. He could easily opt out. He's won a national championship before. He's been in a bunch of them. He's the number one pick. He could say, you know what, I had a good season. I'm opting out. No, this guy wants to play football. He wants to win another one. He loves college football. Dabo Sweeney, Trevor, you you hate him, but guess what? The guy's a hell of a coach with all his recruiters. I don't care how he gets them there. He's a beast. He gets it done. Um, I just think it's going to be steamrolled. I think, I think if 
field struggled against Northwestern. He's going to struggle against Clemson. Clemson minus seven and a half. Take it to the bank. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. I mean, I don't like Dabo, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm going to go Georgia, Cincinnati over 50 and a half. I know both defenses are tough, but both quarterbacks have a lot to prove in this one. Desmond Ritter's coming out party to America. Not many people have seen him. JT Daniels, like Matt said, Georgia are averaging 41.6 points per game with him under center. So I think they can throw it around. They can score the ball over 50 and a half in that one. One more college game, one bowl game right here. Ole Miss over Ole Miss and Indiana over 66 and a half. This is my lock of the bowl season. Ole Miss averages 562.4 points per game. Good for third in the country. But on the flip side, they give up 535.7 yards per game. I love Lane Kiffin. They don't give a shit. They just want to score as much as possible. They don't give a shit how many you score. Indiana wants to prove they can play with anybody in every conference. Tom Allen's done a great job with them. I don't care if they have their backup quarterback in. It doesn't matter who's going to play quarterback. The Ole Miss will not stop them. Over 66 and a half. Talk a lot of shit like Lane Kiffin. All right, I'm on to my last college pick. Bowl season here. Fair mission up. Uh, like Trevor said, for this game, I don't really care who's playing. I don't care if half the team opted out for either team. I am taking NC State plus two and a half over Kentucky. I think it's a weird line. I don't give a shit. Kentucky is one of the worst teams I've ever seen play football. They rank 114th on offense. 21.7 points per game. You stink. Um, listen, both defenses rank in the hundreds, so I'm not even going to go over that. They are both atrocious. But the key is here, NC State can score. And with Kentucky's defense ranked 103rd points against, NC State ranks 48th in college football, mid-pack, 31.1 points per game. I think they give it to UK here. Uh, listen, NC State's 8-3 and three ranked. It'd be a nice win if they could, you know, get here, finish the season ranked um, nine and three. That that's huge for recruiting. That's huge to build upon for next year. This is a team that has a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent, people coming back due to the COVID role. Uh, Kentucky is just a mess. Um, so I think this is a great chance for NC State. They're getting points. Let's take them, ride them, plus two and a half. Yeah, that's a weird ass line. That is for. Sure, weird. I'm going to add more college picks as it go. You can see them on our Instagram pick, but those are the ones I like as of right now. Matt, go ahead. Fire off some NFL. You ready for this? You know Let's I'm going it. with this. You know I'm going with this. I'm starting off hot and heavy for an over that hasn't let me down maybe this entire year. You know what it is? It's some Denver Broncos versus the Chargers over 48 and a half. Any game Denver plays in, it goes over. I don't care. Their offense isn't the sexiest thing in the world. The stats say that they won't score, ranked 28th. But guess what? Their defense is 27th in points against. And for some reason, any game they're in, it goes over. Points are scored at a premium. Whether they're getting blown out or they're doing the winning, there are always points. I think the Chargers can score. I think the Broncos will score. Battle off the two quarterbacks, two young receivers. They want to see who can get it done. 48 and a half. Take that one to the bank. Lock it in and going way over. I'm also taking the same exact thing. I trust Justin Herbert. They want to throw it a shit ton. And uh, 
they hopefully Keenan Allen came back healthy, struggled last week with a hamstring injury. Mike Williams should be back. Austin Eckler should be 100%. Um, with Matt on the over in that one. On to my next one, Bills want to keep that second seed in the AFC. Bills playing the old Patriots. I got Bills minus seven versus the Pats. Listen, the only thing that ever scared me on this defense of the Pats that was a good thing uh, that scared the opposing team was Stephon Gilmore. Well, that guy's out. Uh, I think the Bills are going to pick on their corners all day long. Josh Allen, huge game. I think Cam Newton, he, the guy is just out of juice. This offense is lackluster. They can't get it done at all. Uh, offense is 27th in points for the Pats. Bills are fifth. I think it's going to be a heavyweight versus a weak boxing opponent. And the old Buffalo Bills get this one done in a landslide. Bills minus seven. I am going with the over on Saturday. The 49ers and Arizona Cardinals over 40 and a half. Kyler Murray has figured it out. Got a little healthy. Running the ball more since then. Their offense is averaging six more points when he averages over eight carries. So, I think Murray and them get it done. San Fran, it's going to be C.J. Beathard, but I don't. it doesn't matter who quarterback is over there. Kyle Shanahan produces. Running back, same thing. Doesn't matter. Arizona has to score points to win the game. Their defense is struggling as well. Over 48 and a half. Yeah, baby. We're on the overs club. Let's keep going all the way up in this bitch. Next one, I got Houston versus Cincinnati over 48. Sorry. Over 46 and a half. I almost gave myself two more points. 46 and a half. Both defenses suck. Both offenses can score. Deshaun Watson is a bucket. He goes right for the Brandon Cooks all day long. Uh, hopefully, Kiki QT doesn't fumble on the one-yard line. Cost us on over that late last week. I'm what still pissed. an asshole. What an asshole. Seriously, we were texting like, yes, this is going over. This is going over. You needed it. And then all of a sudden, this guy fumbles in the end zone. Ball rolls around. Nobody wants to fall on it and just lands right into a Colts' hands. Devastating. But, listen, Ryan Finley, he played good against the Steelers. I'm kicking myself because I said take the over in that game. It went over. I knew it. I didn't pull the trigger. I'm pulling it this week. Houston, Cincy, over 46 and a half. Yeah, I like that too for sure. I mean, Ryan Finley, does he have the most punch? He looks like uh, Beaker from uh... – the Muppets. He got the most punchable face in the world. Most punchable. The guy. The guy is squints. He's squinting every play. But you know what? He got a win done, and he got his offense rolling. He's got great weapons. I think he can do it again. Okay, so Mike Tomlin talked to Juju about dancing on the logo. He got his shit run last week. I don't think that's the main concern for the Steelers, but it is what it is. Juju said he's going to stop dancing on the logo. They got bigger problems than that, but. Not this week, baby. Steelers money line versus the Indianapolis Colts. Old ass Phil Phil Rivers versus old ass Ben Roethlisberger. Listen, I know Gio Bernard and the Bengals O line gashed the Steelers on Monday night, but Steelers. This is almost it's kind of a must win. They're already in the playoffs, but they got to win a game before going in there. Listen, I think they get it done this week versus Rivers. And company, Big Ben figures out a little bit. I think they should be able to throw the ball a little bit. The Colts defense has been susceptible a little bit last week. You saw versus Deshaun Watson, those guys. Steelers have better weapons. Hopefully, Ben can figure it out. I think he will. I think they rattle Rivers a little bit. Rivers throws, I'm going to say Rivers over one and a half interceptions this week, throws two picks. Steelers money line. 
Hell yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And to allude to what you were saying, how about a little inner rival between Big Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers? Drafted in the same draft class. Big Ben, right before Phillip Rivers. Big Ben, Eli Manning, they got Super Bowls. Phillip Rivers doesn't. I think Phillip Rivers always wants to win and can't. It's like the big brother that just whoops the little brother's ass every single time, no matter how many times the younger little brother thinks he's ready to roll. I think Big Ben straps it up. I hate what Finkner's doing. He hasn't got creative. They put a lot of stress on the receivers. But I like it. You went with a bold move. You went bold with the Bears last week. You went bold with the Steelers this week. I think it works for you, pal. My last pick, Dolphins minus three over the Raiders. Dolphins are in that last playoff spot with Baltimore trailing. Same record, both nine and five. This is going to be a big shootout to see who gets in. Miami needs this. The Raiders are kicking themselves in the ass because they're in the same position where they were in the playoffs and they shit the bed. They needed the Chargers win. They didn't get it done. They have been ugly towards the end of the season here. They should have lost to the Jets. They lost to the Chargers when they needed a win. I'm calling them out. I've called them out. I think Miami gets this one done. Miami minus three. Brian Flores, coach of the year, baby. That's the picks. Log on, bitches. That's it for Christmas edition of Run the Damn Ball podcast. We talked about every New Year's Six Bowl, broke it down better than anywhere you'll ever get. Gave a shit ton of picks. Matt gave some winners Saturday and Sunday in the NFL. I got the Steelers money line. Steelers bouncing back in this one, Matt. Do you have anything for our listeners to talk about, think about over Christmas break? The only thing I got to say is hopefully you're not on the naughty list. If you are, follow our picks because you're going to get some cash. It will get you on the good list whether Christmas pass you by or not. It's a long weekend. Get ready. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. That's right, on the naughty list, like Dwayne Haskins, baby. Titties in mouth, big Dwayne Haskins. Listen, Merry Christmas. We'll be back after the new year. Let's win some cash.